The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And next, we're brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, before you start this episode, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. You can get it all right in the palm of your hand, but make sure to download it wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 85. There's no good 85s out there really to uh, to dedicate this episode to, so I'm going to dedicate it to the future World Series champion, Atlanta Braves, because this is not a jinx at all. My associate co-host, who's a huge Braves fan, does not believe in jinxes, and he thinks the Braves are going to sweep, and it's uh, just a formality, so it's, I'm not jinxing them at all, dedicating this episode to them. With, with only three more wins to go, right? Associate co-host who is not allowed to talk, right. He agrees. Uh, I would be your host, Jeff Fox. Hi, how are you doing? This is not a baseball podcast, even though we do go off the rails sometimes and talk about other sports. This is an MMA podcast. We talk about fighting on people fighting each other. How degenerate is that? Um, thank you. If it's the first time you found this podcast, thank you. Hopefully you found us on our feed, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. That's where the podcast drop first. Uh, then go out in the SGPN feed a day or so later. So if you want to get in all our hot picks before the lines go crazy, like they tend to do, at least for the Contender Series, then definitely make sure you subscribe to them and Big Gambling Podcast. And while you're at it, be a buddy and give us a five-star review and tell us why I'm the greatest host and Dan's the greatest associate host in, in uh, the history of God's green earth. All right, let's... Uh, this is the show that we have so much jam-packed in it nowadays. We don't have time for these not this nonsense in the introductions. We're actually going to get right down to business here. And I'll, um, inter- I'll not interview. I guess I do kind of interview him. I more interrogate him. Uh, he would be my associate co-host who I've mentioned. Associate host, excuse me, take the co-out, who I've mentioned uh, already, who's definitely not nervous that I jinxed this team after all I've just said. Um, we were calling him Mr. 80%, but I think we're going to have to crunch the numbers and make sure we can still call him that after last night. Um, we call him the Danimal, because that's a funny name. Uh, he goes by Gumby. Sometimes we call him Gumbo or Gumball or Barney Gumbo. Sometimes we call him uh, Son of Ichabod, the Bear Whisperer. Um, you can call him Daniel Reeland if you like. Some people call him Daddy, I think, too, at least a couple of people. And uh, that would be my associate host. Dan Reedland. Hello. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for trying to jinx the brace. I hope you failed miserably. Also, I, I take 
I, I take a little bit of offense to you being like, I couldn't think of any 85s. It must be because you're Canadian and don't watch American football because like no, I, I never look for football numbers. Uh, every good tight end and like wide receiver is like yeah, number yeah, eighty five. Like you're missing like Antonio Gates and Kittle and in oh Chad Ochocinco literally had his name changed to eight five. <laughs> yeah, but what are they? What are they done to deserve to be um, uh, the podcast dedicated to them? Well, I'm dedicating it to. To jinxing my team, fan. to jinxing my team. <laughs> no, they'll do as good as my team did in the in the um, in the uh, NBA Finals. Don't worry. Don't don't put that mojo on me. <laughs> they, they'll get one more win and then boom, they're done. I was going to dedicate it to Peter Klima. Do you remember Petra Klima, the hockey player? He was eighty-five. I don't remember Petra. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was in the nineties. It was like you were a baby. Oh, actually, he started before you were a baby. You were negative when he started. So. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, yeah, I said, are you still Mr. 80%? That's the thing. Last night was not a disaster, but it wasn't. It actually was a money-making enterprise, as Tuesday nights always are when, when Dan's making picks for you. But uh, we're got to, I think we're going to have to crunch numbers. Are you still hitting 80% on your Tuesday night contender series picks? No, I'm a little bit under that. But I, um, I so 4-6, four, four we got 67% this last weekend. But a right. plus, two, plus 200 underdog means the whole night – Wound up being yeah. like a hundred and eighty dollar profit if my my quick math uh, did its uh, definitive justice, which is another nice winning week. Um, I meant I overall. All, overall, are you still at eighty or not? Because I think you I, were I'd a probably, little above. I'd probably, be, I'd probably be a little under. No, I was exactly eighty for okay. at least okay. at least for the weeks that uh, we were talking about the incredible run. So yeah, uh, well, yeah I, but, hey, it still counts. So that was you know. Four out of six last night. One of them was a robbery, basically, or a stupid, stupid fighter move. Four you, out of you're six talking about that ridiculous many. takedown from uh, yes. Yan. Uh, oh my Yan. Yeah. God, what is she doing? Like, why what? would she? Uh, why would she yeah. shoot? You're winning we'll, on the we'll, beat. You look we'll great. Go through the fights, yes. Yeah, but it's so <laughs> dumb. And Dan's then, anger then, is making him jump ahead. And then the other one that I missed too was an eye poke. That they just. Yes, it's true. You have replay. It's right there. Just use yep. it. <laughs> it. It was her deem, though. Come on. All right, so let's yeah. Since you're jumping right into it with with your anger, let's let's break it down. Last night's contender series. Uh, did you watch the fights in between the pitches, or how how did you work things? I um, fan. so early in the early in the night I had it on a like the first couple of fights I had it on a like a, a phone nearby that I kept just yeah. kept casually glancing down at uh, and then after some first inning heroics from the Braves I turned it off completely and was like screw this I'll watch it tomorrow morning um, which really? is what I did I watched it over my coffee this morning before heading into work. <laughs> But you already were spelled in all the wins, weren't you? Um, a couple of them. I mean, I, I guess I didn't see how the last three of them did. Yeah. Um, I like knew my guys had won because uh, it had been spoiled for me on Twitter because I'm, you know, in basking in the the glow of a Braves yeah. victory on Twitter, I needed to be on there somewhat. So it, I I did risk it being spoiled, and they were. Um, but like, yeah, I still went back to go see how those guys looked, and, and all of them looked good. So the the picks look good. Yep. And who would have thought that the baseball game would would be the broken leg? Uh, sport and the fighting wouldn't have no one break any legs. Ooh, yeah, Charlie Morton. Also, like badass as hell because he just pitched a whole another, six, another inning. sixteen yeah. pitches. He pitched two more outs in that inning and he went back out for the next one and struck out Jose Altuve before he was like, 
Yo, my leg is it's freaking broken. <laughs> <laughs> are they going to not that this is a baseball podcast, but are they going to need him to win three more games or can they do it without him? Oh, uh, I think they could do it without him, but uh I I don't predict such things, but uh they <laughs> they would need they're going to need a little bit more luck than they would have if they had him. Yeah, well, he would have been scheduled for what probably Game four and game seven, possibly. I think be. they said. I think they said the original plan was five and then relief in seven. If okay. need be, yeah. yeah. The Braves aren't, uh, aren't we'll, ones we'll that want to give you. Yeah, the Braves aren't the type that like to go to those uh, those crazy like quick turnaround guys. They like to give people rest. Well, it won't go five, so we don't have to worry about that because uh, <laughs> they're sweeping. All right, let, let's get to the fights. Um, because we actually have. For the first time in what a month, maybe a jam pack, even maybe even more than a month, a jam pack UFC card. When's the last awesome UFC card we've had? Like, uh, I guess early September, right? It's been over a month, yes, yeah. So, anyhow, we have a jam pack UFC card coming up. Um, as we're speaking, PFL is on what we neglected to give uh picks for that, and by the time you listen to this, it will have been over, so we're not going to give you picks for that now. Um, It'll be a bunch you would, of new you would have gotten some. You would have gotten some if you you joined our Slack and yep. uh, saw saw an article that a, a a host put in there. Exactly, SGPN Slack. Make sure you get in there for whatever sport you're into, or even if you're not into sports, you're just into food. The food channel is is jumping on there. Everyone putting uh, amazing meals that they made, or amazing meals that they've had at restaurants or in Vegas and stuff like that. So, whatever you're into. Um, but yeah, we're we're talking specifically on the the fight channel where our um. A resident superfan, Jong, lives, and he's always uh, he he has another question for this week for us. Um, he's getting very anti-Asian fighters, which uh, I think we're going to have to tell him off about. But um, I think the last night's contender series really turned him off. Plus, he lost money in Korea, <laughs> Korean fighters the week before, so I think he's getting. Uh, despite I believe he's Korean American himself, I think he's he's getting down on his on his uh, people. But nonetheless, uh, get him we the warned fight. him about we warned him about the Korean fighters though. Exactly. I know. And we don't pick based on where they're from anyhow. Well, we may have to start picking against Chinese Performance Center because those guys and gals have not looked so hot. But all right, um, let's get into er, week nine. We started things off featherweight, as Dan predicted. Olivier Murad. They call him Olivier, even though there's not an I there. It's Oliver in, in our language, but I believe they're calling him Olivier Murad. He beat Xi Bin. Split decision. Neither of the men looked good at all. Um, ben was getting torn, uh, picked apart. Like his head was whipping back on every time he got hit on the feet. Um, desperately going for takedowns. He, he did get quite a few takedowns, but did nothing once he had, for the most part, did nothing once he had Murad down. Murad basically couldn't stop the takedown and was pretty like sloppy and not that great looking on the feet striking either. So um, he won, but did not get a contract. Dan hit that one. That was a plus something, right? Plus, uh, if you waited until the oh, that line was a big came, one? came out, it was plus 212 or something like that right before fight time. Um, but, like, if you were picking when we were um, running odds, I think it was plus 130, um, which is right, yeah, is, is pretty crazy. And then I yeah. picked them and the line went the other way. So maybe we don't have as much pull as we thought. Yeah, why? I don't get why anyone would think Ben was any good. Cause it's because he's got one FC behind him. Like, oh, like right. people he's saw a 1FC one, guy. Yeah, people saw 1FC and they're like, I oh, must be good. And I was like, you know, and I think I predicted, by the way, that neither of these guys could get contracts because I didn't think either of them were good. Yeah. Um, 
But like, well, he, didn't he stop was, someone else coming up. <laughs> yeah, he, he was just a guy who was like real skinny and like was is mostly dependent on just like takedowns and laying on people. By the way, I think the d- judge's decision was right on that one, and not just because yeah, I think Marad. Like, you yeah. got to do something with those takedowns to get points on him. You don't just like win a round for having a couple. Yeah, those days are over. Yeah. Yeah, and it's probably for the better that they're over too, because that was yeah. like a ridiculous time in judging. But like now, it, it's great that like. At least two judges got this right. I guess maybe we shouldn't be tooting their horns too much because one of them got it wrong. Yeah, that's true. I, wasn't it our friend Adelaide Bird, I believe, who got it wrong? Oh, I, God. I think they I, said Bird. I didn't even <laughs> I, see, sure that, said. that makes perfect sense. <laughs> exactly. All right, so that one, now the guy looked good. Um, right guy won, but now the guy looked good. Next, uh, lightweight, Manuel Torres, not not Miguel Angel Torres, and he did not fight like him and did not have hair like him. But anyhow, he beat Colton England and his problematic – uh, white assassin nickname. TKO uh, punches. Uh, uh, England was your pick. He did not look. No, wait, wait a minute. You didn't pick England, did? Yeah, you did. Yeah, England I did. did. I picked like England. Yeah, England. I will say he didn't look great, but I will say like I think if we kept him in there without the eye poke, like who knows? Oh, that's right. That was yeah. Okay, I'm getting on this my the, Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the weird yeah. eye poke one in in yeah. like Torres. They were locked up. Torres. Kind of against the fence, not really. Um, Torres pushed off clearly with his outstretched fingers into his eye. He signaled that he, uh, England being he, signaled that he got poking eye. Herb Dean did, Herb Dean did the classic Herb Dean, standing there like, oh, uh, you know, like shrugging his shoulders type of move. And then England decided, you know, he's going to have a uh, hissy fit because, well, not hissy fit, but he was pouting because he got poking the eye. And then he got punched a bunch of times instead and uh, ended up turtling up and losing. So. Um, yeah, it was bad refereeing, plus you don't stop fighting just because you got poked in the eye. Easier for me to say, sitting here uh, on my fat butt, but still. Yeah, I, I agree with you, too. Like, you, you just don't show up like that. You got to at least protect yourself and try to fight out. I mean, like, unless his eye's really damaged, which didn't seem to be the case. No, and Torres got a contract, which I don't agree with. Dana was giving him out like it was uh, Halloween. Um, yeah, Torres shouldn't have got a contract off of that, right? I don't think so, no. Nope. And uh, next one, definitely shouldn't have got a contract. Women's flyweight, Kareem Silva, Kiwi Yawn. Um, Yawn looked amazing, like a little tank in there. Um, uh, she was just, just destroying Silva, um, taking her down and beating the crap out of her at will. And then she got a little uh, too gung-ho on her takedowns, got caught in a guillotine and tapped out in the second round. And for some reason, Silva got a contract, which is ridiculous because she is not good and was not good. Yeah, I mean, it's a great person to fade whenever she makes her UFC debut, which will probably be in a couple weeks based on how they're booking these guys. Yeah, that is true. So Dan got – that's why – that's when I put in the slack. Uh-oh, Dan's coming back to earth. He's becoming immortal this week. Cause and, then I just, and then I just won three more in a row real quick. Yeah, exactly. He was one and two, and then you got the next three right. So we're all as well. Next fight, um, Oren Kalen, who basically is – he's UFC, right? If you ask it's me, he – UFC move. He um, did like xenophobic uh, terrorist rants uh, against his opponent, which is totally UFC uh, trash talk style. Even Dana White says, you know, that's that's he's, he has no problem with that. Um, he actually came out and said he has no problem with people calling each other terrorists at weigh in. So anyhow, he uh, got the crap beat out of him and then submitted by this guy deserved a contract. Jimmy Bashrat looked uh, amazing in this fight. He totally just beat the tar out of uh, Kalan before. Um, mercifully tapping him out. Dan got this one right. 
Yeah, and I think I I talked a lot before about how much I thought he was going to be a, a big deal too. Um, and he he's legit. I, I'm excited to see whatever they do for him next. Do you does it bother you that he's a terrorist and he's in the UFC now though? What a fucking terrible <laughs> like that dude. That dude also missed weight too, right? Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention. That. Yeah, I mentioned that actually. Yes, yeah, Ta- yeah. Callan missed UFC Cal- caliber. Perfect. What a what man! I'm just glad he won't be around and won't get another shot. So, so Basharat, yeah, he looked horrible. He got destroyed. Uh, Basharat's from what? Afghanistan? Is that why he's? He's originally from Afghanistan, but he trains in England, if I'm not mistaken. And that makes you a terrorist because? Uh, I because don't know. I, I assume you're really <laughs> racist. I assume that's the okay. only only way that that works. Yeah, I have friends from Afghanistan. I never thought they were terrorists. I should I should um, check twice then, should I, Dan? Cause, uh, Isn't that where yeah. um? No, I'm not going to say it because I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> okay, good. No, I'll say it. Isn't it where Bilal Muhammad's originally from? May, uh, remember the name, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I remembered his name, but I couldn't remember where he was from. I remembered his name. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's, I'm not sure if he's Afghani or not, but... Um, we do remember his name, though. I'm picturing him with shades on, by the way, now that you mention him. Yeah. <laughs> because you're remembering his name. Exactly. Oh, this man. is um, this is what this podcast is all about. Long yeah, pauses while well. someone looks up where a person's from on, on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> he might be from Palestine now that I think about it. Okay, I yeah. Can't, right. I can't right. find this anywhere. But he's I think he's Palestinian. You're right. One of those, probably. One of those Middle Eastern countries. Anyway, continue. Oh, are you going to call him a terrorist now, too? Is that what you're getting at? Are you no. Trying to, you're trying to no, disparage no, 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 him. No, no, no. We don't call people Pal- terrorists on this It is podcast. Palestine, by the way. It is Palestine. Okay. I messed up. Yeah, Palestine. All right. Anyhow, so the, the right guy won, um, and he looked very good doing it. So, yeah, he looks legit at featherweight and he was fighting a guy who's well overweight like four pounds overweight too he, he looks like he's ready to jump right in there right yeah I, i'd love to see him against like you know not the typical newcomer newcomer matchup you see but like yeah. somebody who's who's pretty decent in there um yeah. you know like I, I don't have names off the top of my head but i'd like to see him fight somebody legitimate yep so there you go okay um co-main event if you want to call it that bantamweight Christian Quinones beat Long Zhao. Chow. Young Chow. Long Chow. He beat him straight. 37-37-37-27. He's got crazy tattoos all the way up his neck, also, in case you wondered. And he got a contract, and Dan got this one right. Yeah, not much to say. He was way better. Long Chow was really awful. Uh, okay. Next one. Yeah. <laughs> right, no, actually, maybe before we, we, we move on, um, is it... Is it too much of a blanket statement saying that fighters from the Chinese UFC Performance Center aren't ready for the UFC at this point? It seems uh, from too small of a sample size because we, we've had them on the main UFC roster and those shows. We've had them on Contender Series, and I, mean, I don't think sam- one has impressed us, really. The sample size right now is about six, right? Yeah, um, but they all, is- it's, kind of almost, it's kind of like a pattern. They all kind of look the same. Like, yeah. They, I, I would say – I would say Rong Zhu looked pretty good his last time out, though. Yeah. He just got a win, although it was on a short notice against the guy who doesn't belong in the UFC. But <laughs> he's also fighting Ignacio Baja Mondays next, which isn't going to go well for him at all. But yeah, um, yeah I'm, not like, saying, I'm, I'm not saying not saying Chinese fighters in general, obviously. I'm saying people who were trained at, at the UFC Performance Center in China don't – they seem – I don't know if they're rushing them or, or what the deal is, but they seem like they're really not – 
polished or well-rounded enough to to make uh, make a splash. I think next week has a couple more of them, so we, yeah. we might just find yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. Well, we may have some betting opportunities there, right? Um, all right. Or maybe I'm just salty because uh, I still remember us losing on a bunch of those picks months and months ago. So I mean, I think maybe we I'm almost, pretty... I think we took almost all of them. Uh, yeah, the I think one, one, one actually. Them? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe. I came on one. Didn't no, no. no. Uh, Na Liang was winning right. handily the whole time and then blew it against Sarnia and Carnalosi because she got tired. Yeah. Goodness gracious. I don't want to sound like Jong here and say that, uh, kick all the uh, Chinese fighters out of the UFC or anything like that. So that's the type of stuff you get in our slack. But it's all, we're just joking around. It's all in good fun. We're not going to kick anyone out. We don't have that power. Even Dana's not going to kick out people who call people terrorists. So, um, Middleweight, main event. Gadzi Omar Gadziev uh, submitted Jancy Silva, 4 minutes, 19 seconds. Dan got this one right as well and said this was going to be very, well, the, the line at the, uh, on, the, on the boards made it clear this, this one should be a uh, pretty easy victory, and it definitely was. And he got a contract, not surprisingly. Yeah, Jancy Silva, uh, one of the worst guys they had on the Contender Series, I think. They just liked that he had big knockout power, um, and he did not look good and got knee barred. So I appreciate him letting us get that extra new kind of finish into Contender Series. Right. Are you trying to say the UFC should kick all the Jancys out of out of the organization? Is that what you're trying <laughs> to tell me? We're just this this episode is going to be subnamed blanket statements. <laughs> blanket statements. All Jancys are out. Um, all right. So who impressed you the most last night? Bashrat? Bashrat. Yeah, yeah. Bashrat. Yeah, and it's not even close. Like, no. o- Omar Godzaev, I-, I think, might actually be good, um, but yeah. I, like, I'd need to see him fight somebody. Whereas Bashrat battered the hell out of like an undefeated prospect uh, who was overweight and just made him look like he didn't belong in there. So, um, yeah, like most, most hyped on him. So as for contracts, Probably what the first three, uh, the last three fights should have got the contracts, and that's it, right? Like Silva and Torres, come on. Um, I, uh, I, I mean, like, not I, Silva. I guess, it, I guess if you really, definitely not Silva. I guess if you liked what you saw from Torres before the eye poke, which is possible, um, it it wasn't like a clear cut fight. I think I probably would have brought him back for a fight, um, yeah. in some capacity, and then given the other three contracts. But yeah, I would not have given Silva that fight. She's gonna just get murdered by whoever in the she did already <laughs> yeah like like she yeah it's not good um yeah. so put her with any striker at 125 pounds in the ufc and she gets battered yeah um hopefully um kiwi yawn gets another shot because she looked uh pretty scary in there uh, she's like like i said a tank in a good way like she was super powerful and aggressive she just maybe a little too aggressive perhaps yeah, just uh, just one bad move away from probably having a contract in her own right. Yeah, small for like tiny for a uh, a flyweight though, but like not not uh, she's like so muscular I couldn't see her in any other weight class, but she's not not too tall. All right, anyone that we should jump on for week ten before? Uh, first of all, the odds didn't really seem to go too crazy this week, right? Did I didn't notice any at least that Marad, Marad went Marad went way up. Um, which I thought okay. was kind of crazy. Right. Uh, I thought I, I actually predicted that that line would go the opposite way. Um, I thought Basharat might get better odds, but he didn't. It wound up being pretty similar. Um, so yeah, uh, eyes on uh, the fact that maybe they're just getting better at lining things. Yeah, maybe. All right, anyone 
that people should jump on for, I'm sorry to say, the last week of Contender Series. I'm sorry to say for many reasons is Dan's making everyone a lot of money, first of all. And this actually gives Dan some, some self-esteem because what with the regular UFC picks, he's getting beat by me. Who I feel like I'm, I'm a fraud and I don't know what I'm talking about yet. I'm, <laughs> I'm destroying Dan, so I don't know what that says, but... Uh, so it's making a lot of people a lot of money. It's good for Dan's self-esteem, and it gives us actually something to talk about other than, like, I don't know, um, backstories about your, your grandfather and, and middle names and, and stuff like that, even though that, that stuff is entertaining, but um, that stuff has to be the, the icing on the cake. It can't be the actual cake. So I don't know what we're going to talk about after uh, next week. We have to start talking about other promotions. But anyhow, getting to my question, anybody that people should jump on and what are good lines for, for some of these fights coming up? Any, you know, anyone? You know, I'm actually going to hold off on that. Uh, I don't okay. have a lot of advice to give right now because three of the five fights are going to contain a Chinese fighter that I have to do research on because right. uh, they, they are just not easy to get film on. Um, one of the other ones, which I'm really looking forward to, is a uh, welterweight contest between Yohan Lainese and Justin Berlinson. Uh, I like both of them. Both of them just recently came out and beat guys who I was pretty high on. Justin Berlinson beat uh, David Bear, who is a French guy who fights in Cage Warriors. And uh, Lainese had beaten Evan Cutts in CFFC. Um, so, like, both of them went out there and beat guys who I was kind of big on. I'm not sure which one I'm more, like, impressed with that they beat my guy, but uh, it, it's enough that I have to, like, think about it a little bit longer in the style before I'm I'm telling you to jump on it. And then the other one, I, you know, there's a, this unknown Hawaiian guy who I don't know much about. is Kanan Kawaii. Um, you know, like, Hawaiian guys are usually pretty damn tough. He's six foot and featherweight. Um, so that's like interesting. But, um, you know, he lost to Chase Hooper back on Contender Series, and for the life of me, I can't remember how that looked. Uh, so i got to go back and rewatch that, and until I'm, uh, you know, ready to to go all in on it. Uh, yeah, there's another blanket statement. Um, <laughs> until I'm ready to go all in on it, I- I'm going to hold off on telling you to get on any of these lines early. Maybe you're just going to have to wait and listen to us on Sunday. Oh, listen to that. Dan's teasing you. Um, there are some amazing names on this card. It's going to be a, just a disaster. I'm not even going to. I'm not going to try I'm, to pronounce any of them now. I'm pumped for you to try the ones on on UFC 267. I think UFC 267 is going to going to cause you some sweats. Mm, some most of them I know, which helps. Well, you would think it helps. I haven't still said them out loud in my brain. I think yeah, I know how to say that, but we'll see when I actually say them out loud in a couple minutes. How's that for another tease? All right, we should get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Well, I hope you're brainstorming on what we're going to do when, uh, after Contender Series is, is done because that's, that's what people come here for now, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll find something. We have to find another money-making scheme. That's the thing. We can, we can pick another organization. That's the one that we can make money on. That's, that's, that's the key. Ah, the key here was your, was your brains making all the money for everyone. That was the key. Yeah. Um, they come here it, for me, so you, that's fine. They'll keep, they'll keep coming. Um, they, y'all should Y'all should – Keep going to win bet. Also, that's speaking of winning money. Go to win bet. Ready to win money and boost your odds. Win bet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, ten- New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports for NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Win bet has some brand new bonuses. New users can bet a dollar to win a hundred on any sport. Plus, you can get up to 1500 bucks as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. 
Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. So, for example, here's the math for that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm assuming ladies listen to us still. Uh, you bet $100, you'll get a $200 free bet. Max wager, max wager, max wager match. Yes, that makes sense. Max wager match is 750 bucks. They will match it up to 1500 bucks. Uh, I want to just give some examples of what we'll use the bonus on. Dan is going to bet that the Braves are going to sweep the World Series with your uh, bonus money there, right? I don't ever talk about betting on the Braves. <laughs> You're totally. And I mentioned ladies listen to us. Over, under on number of women that listen to us on an average episode, Dan? Uh, two point, I'll go 2.5 is the over, under. Okay, how about not related to us? 1.5. <laughs> okay, there we go. Great promos. This odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For Booster Parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, bet win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Another blanket statement, women do not listen to us. So hopefully women do listen to us and they're not offended by us thinking that you don't listen to us. Um, only the cool chicks would listen to this podcast. All right. UFC 267, Dan says, is coming up. And I agree because Wikipedia says it is. It is Blackovitz versus Texera or Shiera. Or Tex. Um, what's so funny, Dan? His we're, first name's we're, Glover. We're, Glover still the, we're still on the main event and just it's mentioning true. the names and you're already butchering them. Blankovic and Shiera. Blankovic. Bla- oh, yes, right. It's Blankovic. It's Shiera. Yeah. Yes. Shiera. Blankovic like and Texera. <laughs> Didn't Texera beat, you, beat your braids in the World Series, Dan, back in the 90s? Or was he uh, not no, 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 he, he was on the he was on the Braves for one of our runs. Wow, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, this one's going down Saturday from the Etihad Arena in Abu Dhabi. They're not pretending it's Fight Island anymore. It's uh, Abu Dhabi. They say now, UAE, United Arab Emirates. Uh, this is listed as a. It's like numbered like a pay per view, but it is not. It's the best kind of pay per view. One that you don't have to actually pay for. It is on ESPN Plus, which is lovely. The main reason is, well, they get a ton of money, I think, from UAE for hosting events there. So that's probably the main reason. But also, they host it at uh, a time uh, appropriate for people to watch it in the arena there um, because they're making a buttload of money from them. So this will be, if you're on the East Coast, an afternoon card, West Coast, early morning card. Uh, prelims, 10.30 a.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Main card, 2 p.m. on Eastern on ESPN+. Plus, and you don't want to miss the prelims because there's some fantastic fights in the prelims as well. We're talking, what, 16, 15 fights, right? Yeah, 15-fight card. How did you find uh, picking, the, picking the winners for this one? Any blanket of, statements on this blanket statement episode? A lot of close ones, um, but yeah. there there's some, some underdogs and some lines I really like. So Yeah. I thought I wasn't going with too many dogs, but I ended up with, with a few, including – I got a big one. Do you have a big one coming up? I have a big one. I, I have a big one. I actually oh, I, think I actually think I have two big ones, and I think yeah. one of them is your big one. Uh, prob- I'm thinking probably because uh, I don't know why it's so big. Cause there's a clear path to victory, but enough enough dancing around things. Let's get right down to it. Um, I think we're getting a little. Yeah, you hit. We hit a big dog at the UFC. Plus, you hit a big dog last night. So I think. I think we're either we're getting cocky or, or we're on a nice hot big dog run here. So let's find out. We'll start with flyweights. Tagir Olambekov versus Alan Nascimento. How's that, Dan? Tajir, I think it is, actually. 
No, you. I think you had it right. I think it was Tagir. Is it hard G? Tagir Lombakov. All right. Do you know Nascimento's nickname is Puro Oso? Yeah, I think I used to know what that meant when he was on Contender Series years back. What's, but I what's can't Puro? Remember. Puro means strong? Uh, pure. Oh. Oso is bone, I guess. Pure bone. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? I did not. All right. Well, let's tell you about Mr. Nascimento. Flyweights, first of all, so let's start things off with a bang. Um, we expect good, big things out of flyweights always, and we usually get it. Uh, he is 18-5, two knockouts, 13 submissions. So we have a path to victory there for him. He's never been finished in a fight. This will be his UFC debut. As Dan mentioned, he was in the contender series where he lost. Who did he lose to again? Do you remember? Rowan Paivia. Right. Okay. Uh, he's won one straight fight <laughs> to get into the UFC uh, via submission. Yeah, why why do you get picked up off of one win? This isn't a short notice one either. They, is it? they had they had their eye on him for a really long time. Yeah, um, I, I think when they put him on contender series against Rylan Pavia, they they assumed he would beat him, and then we're right. just gonna pick him up. Um, and I mean Pavia is now moved up a weight class and is ranked. So like, yeah, I mean I mean like that that is just some wild matchmaking thinking he was gonna beat Paiva. Yeah. Anyhow, he lost the contender series. He was in Ryzen, uh, the Japanese promotion, for a fight and lost that. Two inches taller than Ulimbekov. Uh, he's only had one fight where we have stats for it because he was in the uh, Contender Series, but he was twice more active striking than Ulimbekov in that fight. But we're talking one fight for each guy, so very small sample size. Uh, he's at plus 260. So there's there's a big dog. Could this be Dan's? Let's find out. Uh, Ulimbekov, 13-1. Two knockouts, six submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. He's 1-0 in the UFC. That was for, His win was way back in October of 2020, so... Over a year now, he's won four straight fights. Grappling stats in his favor, but once again, the smallest of sample sizes, one fight. Minus 350, I'm not taking the dog. I'm going with minus 350, off here. Yeah, I'm going with off too. Look, he, he's just like a, a more technical striker. I also think he's the better wrestler. So while, I, you, you know, you mentioned there's a path to victory there for all in <laughs> it, it could be his submission skills. I, I think his submission skills, first of all, are good off of his back, but not against somebody who's as good defensively as Tagir Olambikov. Um, and also, like, I think Tagir decides if it goes to the ground, and I think he's better on the feet. So he he's kind of got that, like, traditional uh, Eastern European guy thing where he's going to just, like, throw hands with you as long as it's, it's still working out for him. And then when it's not, he's going to wrestle you. And in this case... I think he's got an advantage in the wrestling, so I think he will be fine there. And he's the type of guy who will just uh, stay safe enough on top. Let's say that. There you go. Uh, decision? Victory, probably? Um, You know, I, I just got done doing the prelim primer, which, by the way, you guys should listen to. I, I officially predicted that he would win by decision in that fight. Um, but my co-host decided. Uh, decided to go out on a limb and say that he thought that he could get a submission. And I would say it's not the worst pick I've seen. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a submission too, but I officially am going with, yeah, decision. Spoiler alert, I am not the co-host he's speaking of, so there's no reason to listen this week to the prelim primer. Moving on. <laughs> right? I mean, you're right. Uh, I, you're, you're, not the co- you're not the co-host. <laughs> Lightweight, Demir Ismagulov. Magabad Mustafev. Mustafev. He's a sniper. Um, Ismagulov is nothing. Um, the sniper, Mustafev, is... Mustafayev, it probably is, right? It's Mustafayev, you're right. See? I always get it eventually if I fumble around and you snicker in the background and not help me out ever. Uh, lightweight. That's a blanket statement on Dan. Uh, he's 14-3. and three. 
10 knockouts, four submissions. So everything is a finish for this man. Three and two in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss over his last three. So the last one would be a loss, but that was back in February of 2020. He's been out for a while. He used to fight at welterweight and middleweight. Um, this one's down at lightweight. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 205. Is Magula of 20 and one. Nine knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. Four and in the UFC. Previous to this, he was the M1 champ over in Russia. He's won 15 straight fights. Uh, he has missed weight in the past, so something to keep in mind. You may want to wait to weigh in, see how he looks, make sure he makes weight. You plan on betting him or even against him. Uh, two inches taller, three inches of reach, three years younger, striking and active striking stats in his favor. Um, active striking meaning that he lands more strikes per minute or per fight, however you want to think of it, than uh, Mustafab does. He's at minus 270. Who you got here? I'm going to go with Demiris Mugulov. Um, I think he's a better striker. Um, it, it's kind of similar to the last one where Mustafayev, um, like Nasimito, has some some avenues to victory. Like, he can just get wild and throw knockout stuff. I mean, he's got to win over Rafael Fiziev through that. Um, but, like, I, I think we're in the same vein as Takiru Lombokov, he's sort of a guy who just will – compete with you on the feet, and then if he feels like it's not working as much as he'd like it to, can just turn this into the most dull fight you've ever watched. Um, and while maybe that's not the best advertisement to watch this fight, it is a really good reason to pick uh, Demiris Magulov. And I actually think the numbers you're seeing him at right now are are pretty reasonable if you're looking to bet on him. Negative 245 is a good number. And then there is all the more reason to watch the fight, whether it's boring or not. Um, that's, so I'm picking him also, by the way. Sorry, uh, I forgot to mention that. So that's two for two for us. I have a feeling we're going to go three for three with our picks. The next one, middleweights, Hugh Yao Zhong. Um, Yao Zhong versus Andre Petrovsky. Um, Yao Zhong, Totoro is his nickname, which I think I looked it up. It's some character. It's an Asian like cartoon from the 80s, I think. That's the main character's name in it. Do you know anything about this Totoro nonsense, Dan? I, I do not. Your kids aren't into Totoro? They are, they are apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> from three decades ago from uh, from China, they're not into it. It's surprising. Um, weird. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. What are you doing? You you uh, sheltering these kids. God. Um, Totoro is three and two, so he is very experienced, this man. Two knockouts, one submission. Uh, 0-2 in the UFC. He has not fought since November 2018. Three inches of height over Petrovsky. Four years younger. The more active striker of the two men, but small sample size for these guys plus 185 is he a performance center guy or not because this he's been around I, a long time maybe not i right? think he might i think he might even predate the performance yeah that's what i was thinking like he, he was in the ufc a long time ago so yeah i i don't think so how did he get in the ufc was he on the that, didn't he have an ultimate fighter i'm pretty Asian sure one? If, if i'm not mistaken i think he debuted on that um that uh, Francis Ngannou, uh, Curtis Blades card in China, and they just needed right, like right, a fighter right. on short notice, and he made the okay. most sense. Three and O, yeah, three and O, put that guy he, in UFC. Yeah, three three and O, and like he's willing to step in on no time. Um, <laughs> why, why not? Why not take a, a run at him? And then he lost a couple of times and just keeps moving one weight class down. <laughs> yep, That's a wild always move. always <laughs> a smart thing to do. And he hasn't fought in three years now, basically. Um, all right, I'll tell you Petrovsky's stuff, and then we'll tell you why we're obviously picking him. Uh, he's 6-1, four knockouts, two submissions, so everything's a finish for him. 1-0 in the UFC. He took a, his, That was short notice, right, the fight he took? Or was it not? Yeah, yeah, it was very yeah, it was short notice. Right. But for both, yeah. for both fighters, they need an extra fight to fill out a card. Right. Uh, he was on the Ultimate Fighter, where he was the top 
he was the top pick, right? He was the number one guy. Um, or not? I didn't watch yes. the show. I think yes, you, I think you were telling me that. Was yes, I believe okay. so. He went one and one, won his first round, and then lost the second round in the Ultimate Fighter house. He's taken this fight on short notice as well. That's that's his thing. He's got an inch of reach on Yao Zhang. Striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor. Minus two forty. Obviously, we're taking Petrovsky. Yeah, I, I would say obviously I do worry. So uh, he's not going to be my lock or anything, and I'll, I'll say it this way because I think he's got a lot of potential. I was a little bit worried about his gas tank coming off the show. He didn't do enough to assuage those concerns his last Ooh, time out. Word. Yeah. Um, thank you. I, I do have a degree in English. Um, so, like, he didn't do a lot to make me feel better. Um, if that, that dumbs it down better for, uh, for people. Um, he, he didn't make me feel a lot better about it last time. He, he looked better than he did in the ultimate fighter, but not much better. I would have liked to seen him with a full training camp to have him work on some of that. But, uh, here we are again. So I, I do think he's going to win cause I don't have a lot of faith in who Yang Zong, but I do question, you know, like whether or not he's going to be able to go three hard. I have a degree in economics, which is why I'm perfectly um, perfectly qualified to host a podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody's qualified to host a podcast. Exactly. I'm I'm using my uh, economics um, degree to to its fullest for sure. Um, all right, before we move on, so it's three for three with Dan. Let's see if we make it four for four. Let me. I have a feeling the next one may be the one where we what we are thinking this thinking alike once again. But let's let's find out first. Prop swap brought. To, we are brought to you by Prop Swap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing, and Dan says Atlanta's going to sweep. And Prop Swap is your home for your best World Series futures. All season long, Prop Swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and Prop Swap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. If Atlanta loses tonight, it's my fault. Is that what we're going with now? I mean, that's always been that. <laughs> okay, good. Nothing's changed. All right, featherweights. Makwan Amerikani versus Laroni Murphy. Murphy is the miracle. Amerikani is Mr. Finland because he is one Mr. Finland at one point. Um, all right, Mr. Finland, 16-6, one knockout, 11 submissions. 6-4 and four in the UFC. He's only won one of his last four. He's lost two straight fights. Do you remember when he was a big deal, Dan, back when he was first starting out in the UFC? Yeah, he won five or six at a point, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, he's on a bit of a skid, you could say. Um, he used to fight at featherweight. He used to be a boxer. He also is a wrestling champion. He's got an inch of height on Murphy. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 260. Murphy, the miracle, 10-0-1 with six knockouts. 2-0-1 in the UFC. He's won his last two fights. He's taking this on short notice. He was the FCC champ. Do you know what the FC, FCC is, Dan? I don't, actually. <laughs> I'm going to actually look it up because I, I didn't write down exactly what it was. It is... Full Contact Contender. Have you ever watched Full Contact Contender, Dan? I don't think so. Not to my. I think it's from England. It was from England, and he was he was their featherweight champion. So it tells you what type of league we're talking about. Dan has never heard of it, nor seen it. Um, what else can I tell you? I told you he used to fight it. Oh, he also used to fight. He used to fight at lightweight, actually. Um, this one is at featherweight. Um, no, yes, this one's at 
lightweight. So why did I write down you used to fight at lightweight? Hmm. Interesting. Maybe you used to fight at this one's at featherweight. <laughs> You're just gonna let me fumble around here. Yeah, this I, I, a, I'm pretty sure it's at featherweight, but you. This can fight's at featherweight. So of course Amir Khan used to fight at featherweight. No, I think he did. Amir Khan fight at another weight class before. That's what I I'm gonna. I don't ask. believe so. I believe he's always okay. been. Is everyone confused now? Probably. Um, featherweight fight. Murphy used to fight at lightweight. How about that? Uh, he's got an inch of reach on Amir Khan. He's three years younger. Striking sets in his favor. Plus he's twice more active landing strikes. Minus 350. Despite all this, Amir Khani is my dog, Dan. Very yeah, clear he, path to victory. Murphy was, is n- not good at wrestling. He, he was mine, too. Um, and, and, yeah, the, the wrestling thing is a little bit of it. I will say, as a caveat, I am a little bit worried about Amir Khani's game planning. Uh, I'm a little bit worried right. about his ability to keep people down because sometimes he yep. really likes digging for those submissions and, like, yep. just absolutely lets a guy get up. Um, but at 260, I think you got to take a stab at it. Uh, the the path is clear enough. It's an interesting enough dog. I, I think you got to go for it. Is this an SBG um, issue, Dan? People seem to go there and get worse or have bad game planning at the very least, and that's where Americani's out of now, I believe. I mean, if you're gonna blame him, them for <laughs> winning him, like give them credit for what he was before, right? And he does yeah. have amazing submission skills. So yes. Hopefully yeah. he puts them on display uh, this weekend. But yeah, this one, I think when you have a clearer path to victory as this, um, why not make a stab at it? Plus 260 is a nice payday. So, um, All right. Moving on. Light heavyweights. Michael Olekshiok. Olekshiok versus Shamil Gamzatov. Now Dan's going to say both the names for us. Go ahead. Michael Olekshiok. Yeah, and then Shamil Gamzatov. There you go. There you go. Um, do you know that um, Mikhail is Lord? I don't know. He's Lord. Um, Gamzatov does not have a nickname, so we'll just call him Shamil. Um, Olashe Chuck, 15-4, one no contest, 10 knockouts, one submission. He's been subbed three times in his career, so three out of the four losses are via submission. Gamzatov does have some submission wins, too, so that's something of note. He's 3-2-1 in the UFC, won his last fight. He was the TFL champion. Dan, TFL. No, no clue. No <laughs> this clue. Is, this, that's... Is a, this is an episode that's stumping me on bad regional. Exactly. Programs. You you mean you've never watched Thunderstrike Fight League, Dan? <laughs> that's, that's the most no? regional. That's the most Eastern European ass sounding regional. <laughs> Thunderstrike. <fight> exactly. <laughs> uh, he was the light heavyweight champion there. He defended his belt three times. Uh, Thunderfight sure. was in Poland. It looks like yes. Um, yeah, fantastic name. Um, all right. So he was a champ there. So that's something to, that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, what else can I tell you? He used to fight at middleweight. This one's up at light heavyweight. I got weight classes correct for this one. He's five years younger than the Gamzatov. Striking and active striker stats in his favor. Grappling stats in his favor. Plus 125. Gamzatov, 14-0. Five knockouts, five submissions. Very well-rounded gentleman. 1-0 in the UFC. His last fight was way back in November 2019. Do you know why he's been out? Is it a COVID thing? A I think it's just thing? the difficulty traveling. Yeah. yeah. Okay, he was in PFL also where he's 2-0. And before that, WSOF, the precursor to PFL where he's 1-0, used to fight at middleweight also. He also used to fight at heavyweight. So this is right in the middle there. Two inches of height, two inches of reach over Olesechuk. Olesechuk, Dan, don't laugh. Gamzatov's a grappling champ also. Minus 155. I'll let you pick first here. 
I, I'm going to take Michael Shajak here. Um, Guess what? Gonna, so am I. Yeah, oh, look, at that, look at that dog dog in a row. Um, and, and I like Michael Shajak here because of the complicitness of uh, Gamsatov. He just seems to be not very active. And I, I mean that in both his, his UFC fight and when he was with PFL. I, I just think he doesn't push enough, and he's up against a guy – and, and I don't also think he has very great finishing ability, but he's up against the guy who I don't necessarily think will finish him, but I think will um, push and push and push nonstop and will look better on the digital scorecards. Um, and yeah. I also I also have questions on Gamzatov's uh, cardio. I, I don't think it's good. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually really like Olusejuk as a pick. And if he's getting hit a lot, his cardio is going to be even worse than it normally is. So, yeah, we're, we're both in on that. So... Boring, boring, boring. Let's see. I don't think we're gonna probably change um, change this streak here either. But let's move on to welterweights. Lazio Zaleski dos Santos versus Benoit Saint Denis. Um, Saint Denis is the god of war, and, and dos Santos is Capoeira. 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 Do you know much about Saint Denis before I go into all his stuff? He is a debut. Debuting a fighter on the. I, I know I know a lot about Benoit Saint Denis. Oh, okay, good. I will give you his info, and then Dan will tell us everything he knows about him. Do you know his reach? I think you don't know his reach, though, do you? Not off the top of my head. No. Nope. Neither do. I, yeah, I couldn't find anywhere, so I can't give you reach info here. But reach, actually, let me give you some stats on that reach. You probably would think it's a bigger factor than it is. Fifty-three percent fighter with the reach advantage over the past few years has only won fifty-three percent of the time. So it's probably a thing that we probably lean on or maybe not us because we know the stats, but I think it's maybe something that people lean on too much. I think it reaches, reaches a uh, determining factor. It's really not. It's almost a, a coin flip when it comes right down to it. I think it, right. it really matters yeah. about the intent of the fighter and the style yep. of fighting. Um, yep. Because, like, when, when you look at those numbers, if, if you're looking at, like, a pure striking matchup, I bet you that skews a little bit sure. more heavily, whereas, you know, if you're looking at a grappling matchup, it, it's probably, a, you know, an absolute crapshoot. Like last week... Um, What's her name? That girl that I got right and you got wrong. Tabitha, Tabitha Ricci. Yeah, Ricci had like what? She was down like eight inches of reach or something. But yeah, so, yeah. no, because she because they weren't far apart from each other. Had exactly. Exactly. Anyhow, I don't know Saint Denis' reach. He could have NBA player arms for all I know. But he's eight. No, I know that with one no contest, one knockout, seven submissions. So he is a finisher. Nine years younger than Dos Santos, plus one eighty. That's all I got. Dan's going to fill in the rest in a sec. Um. Dos Santos, 22-7, 14 knockouts, three submissions, eight and three in the UFC. He's got a loss-win-loss over his last three fights. Last fight was a loss. That was back in July of 2020. He was the jungle fight champ, which Dan does know jungle fight. I'm sure he's watched plenty of jungle fight. In Brazil, he's a minus 230. All right, fill us in on Saint Denis, and then we'll, we'll figure out who we're picking here. So Saint Denis comes to the UFC from Brave CF, uh, which is one of the best Good Middle promotion. Eastern promotions right now. Um, yep. where he just absolutely dominated a lot of his competition, including some pretty good guys like Luan Santiago, who um, has fought some UFC guys and was their champ for a little while. So like he, he has some really high-quality wins. He's also not been fighting in, in pro MMA all that long. If you go back and look at his record, you know, you mentioned 8-0, which sounds like a, you know, a reasonable-sized record. He made his pro debut in February of 2019. So all of those wins come from February 2019 and on. So he's working at a pretty quick rate. Um, and some of that is because he was a judo guy growing up, and then uh, he was in the French Special Forces, 
um, kind of got away from MMA and then just decided after he was out of the French Special Forces to just start punching people in the face again. And he's damn good at it. Um, I'm actually going with him as an underdog here against Elijah Zaleski Dos Santos. Uh, I like the number. I also think Dos Santos has had a little bit of trouble with people who can outgrapple him. And St. Denis is a guy who's got some pretty good wrestling, and I really love his top control game. Um, it, it reminds me a little bit of, like, Petrosky, who who is, you know, he's got that um, – that wrestler grappler style with like good head and arm chokes. You see that out of St. Denis. So I think there's a good possibility that he works uh Zuleski Dos Santos that way. And uh, he's not one of these guys who have padded the record with cans looking at uh, his, his opponent's records. Oh, and oh, was his first fight. Uh, then he went four and oh, two and oh, then seven, one, nine, five and one, 38 and 34, 13 and four, 15 and four, six and two. So he's fought good fighters uh, all the way up. So, that, uh, I'm going with the dog also. It's, he's definitely worth the dog money to hear. Uh, like I said, not a pad of record. Um, far younger fighter. Let's let's uh, go with that's three straight dogs for us. Holy moly! That's that's a lot of dogs in a row. Yeah, that's a lot of dogs in a row. We're pushing our luck here. All right, middleweights. Albert Durayev, who you may remember from the Contender Series a few weeks back, versus Roman Kopilov. Durayev's nickname is Machete. Um, Kopilov does not have a nickname, so Kopilov will go first. Uh, he's 8-1 with seven knockouts. 0-1 the UFC. He got subbed in his lone UFC fight, which was back in November 2019. He's an inch taller than Durev, two years younger, five times more active striker, but we're talking one fight for each guy. He's at plus 220. The machete, Durev, 14-3, three, three knockouts, nine submissions. He's been knocked out himself three times. So all of his losses have come via knockout, which is something of note since Kopilov is a bit of a knockout guy. This is his UFC debut after the Contender Series where he won his fight, 1-0. He's won nine straight fights, striking and grappling sets in his favor, but we're talking one one fight sample size, minus 290. Are we getting, getting off the dogs for this fight? Yeah, we're getting off the dogs for this one. Yeah, uh, that's what I, I and Let to. it be known, I'm not sold on Durayev. I don't think Durayev is like no. the world beater that everybody else does, but Kabilov, I, I mean, he fought one time, it was like two and a half years ago, and he got out-grappled by Carl Roberson, who largely in his UFC stint, looked like he didn't know how to grapple. And he got rear naked choked by Carl Roberson. So, um, yeah, I'm all over Duraev here. I think he wrestles him and submits him as fast as he wants. There you go. Oh, a submission also we're going for, are we? All right. We have have some props later on. All right, featherweights. Ricardo Hamos versus Zubera Tukogov. Tukogov, that's his name. Right, Dan? Yeah, you added Zubera (laughs) Tukogov. There you go. He's a warrior. Hamos is Kirk. How do you say his nickname? Do you know how to say his nickname? Karkasina? Karkasina, I believe. Karka- oh, Karakina. Karakina, uh, right. He's Portuguese. Which means, which means, if I'm not mistaken, small cockroach. <laughs> I thought, I'm glad you said the roach part, Dan. Okay. Right? Um, it, isn't that, am, am I wrong? I wonder where that was headed. You said small cock. Roach. So, uh, <laughs> I think okay. you're adding yeah. an artificial pause, but <laughs> no, I'm not sure. Um, all right, let's go with him first. Uh, Hamels, 15 and three, three knockouts, seven submissions, six and two in the UFC. Very, very solid UFC record. Um, he's won three of his last four, including his last fight. He used to fight at featherweight. This no bantamweight. I'm sorry. Uh, this one is at featherweight. Here we go again with the weights. Uh, he was the EFC champion. You know what EFC is, Dan? EFC, you said? Yes. EFC. For, Zab- for Zabira Tuhugov? 
No, for Hamos. Oh, for Hamos. No, then I probably don't know what EFC is. The elite, the elite fighting championship, obviously. I definitely don't know that one. Yeah. He, he was a champion there. Wow, I'm getting uh, in Brazil. I'm, I'm disappointed in you, Dan. Um, <laughs> Dan's been Dan's been the fraud all along. I, I, um, I did know he beat Alan Nascimento. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Very yeah, good. yeah who's, who's fighting earlier on the guard? Yeah. All back. All right. He's an inch shorter than uh, his opponent this week. Four inches of reach, four years younger, more active striker. Grappling stats in his favor as well, plus 140. The Warrior, Chukagov, 19-5-1, seven knockouts, one submission, 4-2-1 in the UFC. Over his last four, not so good, though, 1-2-1. Uh, he lost the last fight. That was back in September 2020. He's also missed weight in the past. He used to fight at lightweight, minus 175. Uh, this one of the ones I got a question mark beside. So let, let, let's see what you got first. This one's easy for me. I, I'm a guy oh, really? who fades Ricardo Hamosh quite a bit. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't have hardly any faith in him. Um, yeah. and I know he's got some decent wins in there. Um, uh, you know, he beat my guy, Bill Algio. I love Bill Algio. He mostly did it by out-wrestling Bill Algio. He's not going to out-wrestle Zavira Tukagov. Um, You know, he, he's got that win, if you go way back over Ayman Zahabi, where Ayman Zahabi beat the living hell out of him for 13 or 14 minutes, only to eat his spinning back elbow in, like, the last couple minutes. Um, he won a decision he shouldn't have won over Kyung Ho Kang. Like, I, I just I, – I keep seeing him win, and I don't have a lot of faith in him. And I also think he's slow. Um, I think he's really slow. Uh, and I think Tugov is the right type of opponent to, like, really exploit that. Um, I, I think Tugov cruises pretty easily here. Yeah, if in doubt, I'm going with the chalk. So um, we got lots of dogs ready. So Warrior at minus 175 is the pick. All right, final fight. This is a dandy, too. This one's uh, – do you find this one hard to pick or not? The one coming um, up. It's harder than it looks on paper, yeah. Yeah. Women's strawweight will be um, leading off the, or actually capping off the prelims on ESPN+. Amanda Hebos, the cutest little fighter in the UFC, versus Verna Jandiroba. Or I guess it's Jandahoba, right? If you ask the UFC announcers, it's Jandidoba. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, they put the D in there, Jandidoba. All right, well, maybe it is. She, you know that she's Karkara? How do you say I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Her nickname Car- is Face, right? Karkara. Car- Karkara? It's, yeah, I think you told me it was space last time. Yes. So. All right, you remember. You pay attention to me. That's good to hear. I um, do. I do. Gee, let's, let's go Jandi Doba first. 17 and 2, one knockout, 13 submissions. Never been finishing the fight. She's won three of her five UFC fights, so that would make her 3 and 2. She won via TKO her last fight. She also was in Invicta, where she went 3 and 0 and was the champion. She also is, uh, was the Circuito MNA, the MMA champ. Have you ever watched that, Dan? Circuito I MNA not, to MNA. I'm not. You're really stumping me with the bottom of your shirt. <laughs> There's a lot of. I, I'm going to make sure I keep including these. These. I usually I just say our regional champ, but I'm going to start saying the names now. Especially Circuito MNA to MMA champ. Uh, she's plus 128. Hebos, uh, Hebas, 10 and 2. Three knockouts, four submissions. Both of her losses have come via knockout. Uh, 4 1 the UFC. She got TK out her last fight. Uh, she used to fight a weight class up at flyweight. She was the MF champion and the JF champion. We know JF, the jungle fight. Um, yep. Do you know MF? Uh, don't say the word, Dan. Don't. I don't, think I, know, I don't think I know what MF is. No. You don't? You weren't, no, I, I'm pretty sure my, uh, my youngest came home in kindergarten and told us what <laughs> MF stands for. That's why, you're, that's why homeschooling is a good idea, Dan. Um, Max Fight. She was the max fight strawweight champion. 
Of course. But yeah, I think you have to watch more Brazilian and um, Eastern European regional. Uh, fight, Jungle Fight's got already enough shabby fights on uh, that. Yeah. I need more of it. I, I found a hole. Like we're finding holes in the fighters from the Chinese Performance Center, Dan. I found a hole in your knowledge. Um, what else can I tell you about He-Boss? Two inches of reach over Jandy Doba. Five years younger. Striking stats in a favor. Minus 160. I'm going to go He-Boss on this one. I think her grappling is good, is good enough to protect herself, and she's better on the feet. So let's I, take let's take the chalk here. You, you nailed it. I mean, like, you, you can you – can, Expunge wow. my my job here. That's right. Like he, I think her judo background is enough to keep her on the feet. I think she's a better striker. Uh, I think even when Janji Doba has him, her down, I don't think um, I, I don't think she can keep her there, and I don't think she can submit her. So she would just have to like grind out a couple of rounds. I don't like her chances of doing that. So yeah, I'm on I'm on Heboss as well. I, um, to be clear, I do like both fighters. Um, I, I think they're both. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Jandaroba fan, and it, it's like a shame. Jandy Doba. Jandy Doba, yeah, I'm a big Jandy <laughs> Doba guy. But, but, but she's no Marina Rodriguez. Um, that, that's who beat the crap out of Hebos last right. fight. So um, right. she definitely does not have that ferocity uh, in striking. So do we – oh, my God, we didn't differ on any picks there. I thought with some of my underdogs I was going to uh, throw you off the trail, but no, you're going with the big dogs too. So. Um, well, that's 10, 10 fight undercard, and we got them all, which means we were going to be correct. We're all on the same page there. Okay. What do we promise everyone every week? We promise them a ad-free main card. So last two sponsors. Last but not least, obviously, Prediction Strike. Do you wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Well, now, Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets the fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up to predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use the code SGPNMMA, your favorite show, right? Uh, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players. Just like you would real stocks, the value of players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares with players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. So sign up with promo code SGPNMMA. Receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And Dan, very shortly, is going to have an article ready to tell you how to make money in Prediction Strike. Right, Dan? That's my way of reminding you. That, that's, that's, too, so. that, that's a good editor right there on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> you got four days, mister. All right. Also, I'm going to tell the rest of you, even though you don't work for me, I'm going to tell you to do one more thing. SGPN app. If you don't have it, get it. Get it on your phone or whatever. Or I guess people use iPads. Get it on whatever you have. Download it. It's in the App Store, Google Play Store. We give you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to pretty please toss us an app review when you download the app. And give our, like I said earlier, give our podcast a review, why don't you? We deserve five stars at the very least. All right. Main card. We got a stacked six-fight main card. The prelims, uh, pretty solid prelims uh, also. Actually, I forgot to mention the I rank fight cards on my MMA-Manifesto.com website. This one is, I think, the second best card I've ranked in the past what, three or four years. This is a stacked fight card. Next week's may actually end up even better, though. So um, we are being spoiled. Light heavyweights, open things up. This is a, uh, this is a six-fight uh, main card, which is um, a change for a numbered UFC event. 
We got Megabed Ankylov, Ankylov, Ankylov. Why can't I say his name, Dan? Ankylov. Ankylov. I know. I know who he is. <laughs> I know what he looks like. I, I've seen him fight a million times. Uh, he's fighting Volkan Ozdemir. I know how to say that name. Um, I've got no time for that guy, though. No time Ozdemir is his nickname. Um, he's 17 and 5, 12 knockouts, one submission, 5 and 4 in the UFC. He did get a shot at the UFC title, which he did not, did not win. Uh, what can I tell you? He's won two of his last three. But he did get KO'd in his last fight, which was back last summer, July of two summers ago, I guess. That would make it July of 2020. He has only won two of his last four fights. He's another guy who kind of burst on the scene and then went one, three straight and then went kaput. He was one one Bellator. He's five and as a pro kickboxer, plus 240. Anka Lyav, 15 1, nine knockouts. Six and one in the UFC. He's won six straight fights after losing his debut. Who did he lose his debut to? Do you remember? Paul Craig. There you go. He lost to the Bear Jew, Paul Craig. He was the WFCA champ. Did I stump you again? WFCA champ. Yeah, I'd never heard of that promotion. You're like uh, digging um, to like their second fights or something for these. <laughs> these hey these man, I, I just I just go off the what I got like you're, here. You're, you're making me like look. You're, you're like pseudo trying to make me look bad by being like, yeah, he trying. won an amateur title in a no, bingo no. hall one time. Do you know about bingo hall FC? <laughs> How dare you? You're disparaging World Fighting Championship Achmat, Dan. Come on. <laughs> Isn't that the one one run by the dictator? Probably. Well, we probably should stop the dictator who told um, Kamzat Shemaev that he's just Kamzat Shemaev that he's not retiring and and he will survive. He will not die from COVID. Uh, It very well could be. Um, It sounds like it is. But anyhow, he was a champ there. We will not mention. We will not make fun of that (laughs) promotion, right, Dan? (laughs) It's an awesome promotion. Very, very good promotion. Um, I'm just going to let you, you talk your way through this. Very, very good promotion. Blanket <laughs> statement. Blanket statement. I think we've actually um, – I think we were getting some heat with that dictator before, Dan, so uh, I think we should move right along. Um, what can I tell you else, else about him? Um, one inch of height over Ozdemir. Three years younger. Striking stats in his favor. Grappling stats in his favor. Minus 325. This is where I get really chalky, the main card. Ankalaev is the pick. Ozdemir. I have no, like I said, no time for him. Uh, I don't have faith in him anymore. I think you're silly then, because I'm going to take. Oh, him. you're taking, you're taking yep. him. Yep, this really? is. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take him here. He's got really good takedown defense. I think people forget how good his takedown defense is, um, because yeah, he he did get knocked out by Yuri Prohashka. Magomed Ankalaev is not going to outstrike Volkanos Dinian, right? Like the the knockouts Magomed Ankalaev have are like. Uh, you know, like Ian Kudalaba, other guys who wrestle, he doesn't outstrike strikers, right? Like in, in, I mean, like go back and look at Volkan Ozdemir versus Daniel Cormier, right? Like, which it, it sucks. He, he lost that decision. He did stuff a couple of Daniel Cormier's takedowns in that fight. You know, you go back and you watch What's him again. Name? What's the guy's name again? Oh, Daniel Cormier. Sorry, well, Cormier, okay. I, yeah. I thought you were talking about Daniel Cormier, but no, you're no, talking Daniel about Cormier. Cormier, okay. And like Ozdemir also stuffed a whole bunch of Ilora Latifi's takedowns and he, he stuffed, he stuffed eight from Alexander Rachich in maybe what was one of the most boring fights I've ever seen in my whole life. But, like, he stuffs takedowns. So, like, are, you're going to pick Magomed Ankalaev, like, a negative 300 favorite to outstrike Volkan Ozdemir? Or do you just think he's yes. going to get enough groundwork done? I, I mean, like, I, he's not going to outstrike him. I, I'm pretty confident in that. He, he beat Ian Kudalaba by knockout. He, I mean, he kicked Dolce Lugiambula. But, again, a dude who's down at middleweight now. 
And, like, he's had – like, he hasn't been a flawless takedown artist either. Like, if you look at him against, you know, like, Clinton Abreu or, or – I mean, like, even again when he beat Nikita Krylov, he went 3-9. and nine. And, like, do you think a Nikita Krylov is this, like, you know, great takedown stuffer? No, I think he's going to have to slug it out with Volkan Ozdemir. I think it's going to go badly for him. He's got better striking accuracy, better striking defense. He... It's easy to have better striking accuracy <laughs> when you're fighting – Freaking Ion Kudalaba, who will just brawl with you and eat all your punches. Have you not learned anything, Dan? That I know what I'm talking about here. I may sound like I, you know, I'm just here for the jokes, but I'm wrong. This is what this is how I used to treat you in the old days, but I've gotten nicer now. You've become (laughs) bad one. I'm wrong, Dan. I'm I'm going to be you on this one, mostly because I'm low on Magomed and Goliath. (laughs) All right, time to fade another Asian in the next fight, right? This is why (laughs) Jong Lee, you. Damn you, John. Um, this is why he wants us to, to know what we think of his. Uh, I think he did a. Let me find out what he did. Uh, the next fight is the Leech Lee Jinglian versus Kamzap Chimaev, the man who almost died from COVID. No joke, he had COVID very bad, but then his benevolent, benevolent that's the word I'm trying to spit out here, benevolent dictator told him that he will not die and he will be back in the UFC. Um. Let me see. What is Dan? Uh, yeah, Jong's going all crazy over uh, Hamzat, but uh, now I'm realizing, wait a minute, it's because he's fighting an Asian. And you, you got burned by a couple of Asian fighters, so now you're a blanket statementing, a blanket betting these people. All right, what's he asking me? Um, 70, he's putting 17 units in Chamayab winning inside the distance. That's his 17-unit prop bet. He wants us to talk about that. but um, I don't Let's break down the fight first, and then then we'll see what we think of Superfan John's uh, pick here. All right, the leech is Jing Liang's nickname, and Boars is Chimayev's nickname. Now, Boars in Hungarian is Badger. Is that what his nickname is? Is it Badger? I have no idea. Know? I have no idea if he has a Hungarian nickname. <laughs> yeah, because like, it's like close enough to his area, right? It could be Hungarian nickname, but it's Boars. I don't think it is close enough. <laughs> oh, whatever. It's Europe. Closer than closer than we are to it, right? I guess that's true. <laughs> All right, blanket statement. Uh, Jing Liang, eighteen to six, nine knockouts, four submissions. He's ten and four in the UFC. He's won four of his last five. He won the knockout his last fight. He's a legend FC champ. I think you know legend FC, right? I do. Yeah, I do know. That's in Korea, fight. right? Um, yes, they fought, they fight mostly out of uh, South Korea. Yeah. Okay. He is a BJJ champ. He's at plus 380. I think he is also alpha male, right? So you won't be picking him? I don't correct? think he's out of alpha male anymore. Last time no, he, he was, he, though, had right? been, he had been mostly training out of uh, China top team. Okay. Yeah, The I'm sure the pandemic has changed a lot of people's camps. Um, Chimayev, coming back off of a very bad case of COVID, um, he has not fought since September 2020, which is – you would think we would never say that because he, what, fought three times in like three months or something ridiculous like that? So, two months. Two uh, months. Two months. There you go. Yes. He won all three of his UFC, UFC fights. He's 9-0 and as a pro. Uh, six knockouts, three submissions. So everything's a finish. Like I said, all three in the UFC were wins and finishes. Uh, last fight was well over a year ago, September 2020, and he wasn't just sitting in the sidelines. He was uh, very, very ill with COVID. He used to uh, – he's bounced between middleweight and welterweight, I think. I think he says he wants to concentrate on welterweight now. Is that what I saw? Did you, did you see that also? That was last I heard, but who knows? Okay. Um, what I can tell you, he is a wrestling champ. He is two inches of height over the leech, four inches of reach, six years younger, striking stats in his favor, plus he's twice more active striking. 
grappling stats in his favor, minus 550. I'll take the chalk. I'm thinking Dan may be like, no, there's value in plus 380, so I'm going to take that. There, there's not value in Lee Jing Liang. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, I, I, I like Lee Jing Liang. I, yeah, he's, he's a good fighter. Him in, it's a, he's a good fighter. His takedown defense is trash. It's really bad. Um, it's, almost like these, it's almost like these fights are like handpicked for <laughs> Jemayev. Yeah, almost. Uh, weird like that. Um, yeah, no, so I, th- I think he's just going to roll really easy. Now, we'll, we'll talk about Jong's bet for just a second here because ne- if you look at Jemayev inside the distance, it looks like it's negative 170. Yeah, that's what you I, I would Yeah, so negative 170 if he claims 17 units, which I think, don't you usually go based on like a 10-unit bankroll? So like apparently yeah. he's got twice as much bankroll as everybody else. So, sure. um, well, it is strong. Yeah, so, uh, you know, like, I, I'm not breaking the bank on trying to find a way to bet on Kamzat Chemaev. Um And the reason being is that like he is coming off of a big, long layoff. Uh, yep. He is coming off of having some pretty serious health complications that affected his lungs in a pretty serious way. Um, I'm not sure I'm ready to take that guy to come out and storm out of the gates, uh, especially not by finish. Uh, I, he is a finisher. He, he's finished all of his fights in either the first or the second round. So, you know, like gun to my head, you're asking me to pick one. Yeah, I'm taking that. But I, I think I'm tempering my expectations a little bit with him because I, I think – I, I do think he's good. I do think he'll get back to his ways. I do think there's a good chance he finishes him. I just think there are a lot of unknowns in a fight to be like, dump the mortgage on it. It seems just a little bit heavy-handed for a guy who we do have some questions about. Yeah, the health is definitely the issue. Um, and it's the best guy he's fought by far. Yes, that that as well. Yeah, he, he's not fighting. He may match up well with, with uh, Xing Liang, but uh, no walk in the park for sure. Um, but we're, despite that, we're both taking Chimayev, but probably isn't any real value in it unless you're a big roller like Jong and, and you want to blow all of your contender series earnings on, on this one fight and go ahead. Um, a really good headline just came across my feed. Sean Strickland doubts UFC will release him despite opening up about homicidal thoughts. Comments, Dan? Uh, official comment is oof. <laughs> Uh, he would love to kill somebody in a fight, he says. And then, I wanted to my entire life. That's a big reason why I didn't have a social life. <laughs> like when I, I went out and got arrested, I just wanted to. There's just something in me that knew that if I could just kill a human being, it would make me feel good for a short time. Oh, boy. Can I get an oof, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, I'm not even sure I'm willing to dignify this with an oof. <laughs> wow. I didn't know it was going to be that bad <laughs> after it's, I read it. It's, I thought, it's, it's pretty bad, yeah. I thought it was just a funny headline, and then I'm like, nah, oh. That's about, as bad as it, that's about as bad as it gets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now we brought things down into the psycho realm. Let's move back up. We love you, Sean Strickland. Haha, <laughs> just joking. Um, and we love all dictators as well. Moving on, heavyweights. Big boy time. Kind of chunky. Marcin Tibera counts as one of our chunky guys he's, that we love, he's right? Not, he's not kind of chunky. He's chunky. <laughs> <laughs> he's chunky. Alexander Volkov, not chunky. He's too tall. Um, that's that's my excuse. I'm pretending I'm not chunky because I'm tall, but really I could be chunky for all I know. All right, Tibera's got an amazing nickname. His name's Tiber. They took the A off his last name. Isn't that cool? It's a pretty cool nickname. My nickname from now on is Fo. Hey, there's a new nickname for me, Fo. My nickname's Fo. Like the like the Asian soup? Yes, that's P-H-O, but yes. It's pronounced <laughs> the same, yes. And then Volkov is Drago, which, you know, it's fitting, but it's also like, yeah, whatever. Every every big Russian fighter's nicknamed Drago ever since that movie came out. So, All right, let's break her down. 
Tiber, uh, 22 and 6, 9 knockouts, 6 submissions. He's been knocked out himself four times, four, four out of six losses of via knockout. 9 and 5 in the UFC, but he is on a massive run. 5 and 0. Oh, this is the best stretch of his career, at least of his UFC career. And he's won his last two fights via TKO. He was the M1 champion in Russia previously. He's at plus 230 for this. Going up, going up against another former M1 champion. They both had the M1 heavyweight championship at one point. Drago. Volkov. 33 submissions. 7-3 in the UFC. He's gone 2-2 two two over his last four fights. He lost his last fight. Um, both of his wins can, have come via TKO. Both of his, his last two wins out of his last four. Um, he was the M1 champ, like I said. He was also 63 in Bellator, where he was their heavyweight champion as well. Four inches of height, based on their last um, weigh-ins, he uh, he was around 14 pounds heavier. He was right at the 265 uh, limit, and Tybera was at 251. Um, he's got two inches of reach, three years younger, striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 300. We'll let you pick first for a change. I got my pick uh- locked in, but you go ahead. I'm riding with the truck again here. Um, I, I think I think Volkov is going to just destroy him on the feet. Um, I also think he can just stay safe enough in the grappling and up against the cage. That he, he's just going to pick apart Marcin Tybura. I, I don't think Tybura's got much for him in the way of striking. No, Tybura had a nice nice run, but this is like he, he's gotten to the probably the top level of the division that that he could get to at this point. He's going to get picked apart, like like Dan said. Volkov is the pick. At your hundred bucks, win your thirty-three bucks. Be happy about it. Um, lightweights: Islam Makashev versus Dan Hooker. Hangman Hooker is back. Um, he is twenty-one and ten, ten knockouts, seven submissions, eleven to six in the UFC. He's won one of his last three fights, but that was his last fight that he won, and it was a little over a month ago, September twenty-fifth. He's gone four and two over his last six, despite this little skid he's gone on. Um, he's taking this on short notice, obviously, because he just fought a month ago. Um, he was the AFC champion. Do you know AFC, Dan? Not yeah, football. A- a- AFC, that's the one out of Australia, right? Yes, and it's the Australian Fighting Championship, I believe, is what it's called. Yes. He also is the SFC champ. Do you know that one, Dan? Oh, I got you this Is time. that one supremacy? Oh, you're looking this up on Wikipedia now, you cheater. No, I'm really not. No, because <laughs> they have they have supremacy and eternal yes, and yep. uh, Australian. And then I think they have one called XFC in, in yeah, they do. Yep. Australia, so. too. Yeah, those are the big Australian ones. All right. So he was the Australian champ. And the supremacy, he was the New Zealand lightweight champ. So. None of that really matters at this point. Um, he also was a kickboxing champion. He was 9-1-3 or is 9-1-3 as a pro kickboxer. Two inches of height, five inches of reach on Makashev. Twice more active striker. Plus 460 is to come back on him. Makashev, 20-1. Three knockouts, nine submissions. 9-1 and one in the UFC. He's won eight straight fights. Do you remember who he lost to in the UFC, Dan? He lost it. Was it? No, it wasn't Tiago. It was He's a Brazilian dude. It's a, it's a Brazilian dude, right? Adrian, Adriano Martins? Is that a person? Adri- it is. And he, yes, he got TKO by him in his second fight in the UFC. Okay, good. I, I thought that that sounded like a real name, and then I just, as yes. it came out of my mouth. I was like, it might not be a real name. <laughs> Leo uh, Leo Kuntz. Is that a real name, Dan? Yes, it is. Yeah. He fought, uh, 
He no, it, it's cunts. And he fought. Really, um, he doesn't make people say cunts. Usually, no, people, and, no, no, he's a he's a man, he's a maniac. But he also fought Taehyung Bang. Um, and just go ahead and and just enjoy Bang and cunts. <laughs> yes, I said cunts. I said cunts. Yes. Everybody, cunts. <laughs> yep. If my mom's right. listening, I said cunts. All right. But, but yeah, that was Dan, the poster. So the poster was great. <laughs> I bet it was. Look that up. Google it. Throw it in the Google machine. All right. He's won eight straight fights. Two straight via submission. He is the Sambo champion. Dan knows who Sambo is. He's also a grappling champion. Champion. Dan knows who grappling is. Are you a grappling champion, Dan? I am a grappling champion. Yeah, I've won a couple of expert divisions and whatnot. There you go. Ooh, expert division. Very good. Um, Could you submit Islam Makashev? Oh, no. Way bigger than him. You're way bigger than him. He's just a little I'm probably not way bigger than no, him when it true. comes to fight I, like, walk around at 200 pounds. I bet he walks around at 185. Yeah, you know, like, true. yeah, he's probably the same size as me, roughly. <laughs> he is a year younger than Hooker. Striking, He's got striking stats in his favor, too, which is surprising because he's he's um, he's pretty uh, good defensively, I believe, because he takes people down immediately. Um, grappling stats, obviously, in his favor. Minus 700. Makashev is the obvious pick due to the wrestling. Um, Hooker's... He looked better in his last fight, uh, much better, actually, in the wrestling aspect of things, but I don't think he's going to be good enough against Makashev. Um, yeah, it was, it was mostly offensive wrestling, too, which is worth yeah. noting, because that is different. Like, sometimes you can make yep. big gains in one end and, and not in the other. If he did make big, good gains in the defensive one, th- he might be interesting here as kind of an underdog, but we won't know that. Um, and, yeah, I'm just going to take Makashev. I, I think it's easy yeah. to take. Yep. Minus 700, though, not so. Maybe we'll have some props for you when we get to that part. We're almost there. We're almost there. This is a long fight card. I can't. The one positive about when Contender Sears goes away, we can just do, like, half-ass podcasts that aren't an hour and a half anymore, right? Yeah, we, or we can break <laughs> cards into two different preview shows. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But it seemed like the ones where we didn't really had a topic, I think we overcompensated and made those longer anyhow. So Because we love you people. Um, all right, let's go to kind of a title fight, interim title fight, our favorite, Peter Yawn versus Corey Sanhagen for the interim UFC Bantamweight Championship. If Yawn was in the dum-dum, it would be for the regular Bantamweight Championship, but he got himself disqualified. Uh, but for some some reason, that's his opponent's fault um, is the way this has been played out. Uh, Yawn is no mercy, which is a perfect nickname for him. Sanhagen's the Sandman. All right, Sanhagen, 14-3. Six knockouts, three submissions, seven and two in the UFC. He's gone two and two over his last four, including losing his last fight, but he's stepping in here on short notice for this fight. He used to fight up a weight class at featherweight. He's four inches taller, three inches of reach over Jan. More active striker, plus 185. Jan, 15 and two, seven knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. Seven and one in the UFC. He did the one L on his record was his disqualification last fight against Aljamain Sterling. Uh, with the illegal knee, um, a fight that he, he was pretty much he was he was dominating, but he also wasn't like totally he he lost he lost rounds so he wasn't totally dominating. Some some actually I believe some judges had him losing two rounds, so it wasn't like he was totally totally dominating. Um, he was the ACB champion, Dan, ACB, absolute combat Beirut, Beirut isn't it? Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe. Cut, it's not Beirut for crying out loud. He's not in Beirut, but yeah. No, but but it's Dan got like that, that one. You, I I know. I'm counting that one. It is. I do. I do know there, that. Yes, we will. Judges, judges say yes. They're going to count that one for Dan. Um, striking stats in his favor. Grappling stats in his favor. Minus two forty. Um, I, I shouldn't always make my pick first and, and steal your thunder, Dan. Go ahead. Tell us why Jan's going to win. You should. <laughs> you shouldn't always go first. <laughs> you want me to go first? 
Yeah, go first on this one. I'd like to hear your Peter Yan, obviously. Peter Yan's a complete fighter, and he's yeah. uh, um, just scary. He, have you seen pictures of his of his son? I saw pictures yeah, of his son recently. His son looks is, just like him. It's crazy. I'm scared of his son. He's, he's what, like two years old maybe? I'm like very menacing. scared of that. He looks menacing. Oh, yeah. He was um, me mugging the camera. Yeah, he looked rough. But, Anyhow, but back, back to the actual fight. Yeah, Piotr Jan is, is – Look, you said a complete fighter. He doesn't even need to be the complete fighter. The thing for me that sticks out in this fight is that uh, he's going to enter the clinch with Sanhagen. Sanhagen is going to want that because he likes to throw the yeah. knees. He likes the clinch. And that is where Jan does his best grappling. The trips, the, the you know, drops down to the leg, the catching your knee and, and you know, running the pipe, all, all that kind of stuff works really well for Piotr Jan. And, like, it's just a nightmare matchup for Corey Sanhagen who yep. – has shown flaws in his grappling defense. Um, I mean, like Marlon Marias took him down pretty easily. Like, I, I really want to pick Corey Sanhagen because it's like a nice story, and I like enjoy Corey Sanhagen. But like, right? I, I don't think he's going to beat Piotr Jan. Piotr Jan for sure here is the pick. And minus two forty is not really that bad. Not awful, considering no. how good he is. So yeah. Um. All right. So we are on the same page once again. Um. Except for the. One fight you yelled at me. I think that's the only time we, we differed, right? Yeah, Vulcan Ozdemir is just going to be my pony for Never. the week. <laughs> well, I'm scared. I'm scared to differ from you now. You actually got angry, for, for crying out loud. Wait till the Braves lose, and it's my fault. Then we'll see anger. Um, all right, now we got a, we got a real tie to fight. Who would have thought that Glover Shishira would get another shot? Uh, Look at you, Texan Matt. <laughs> yeah. We say he's an old man, but really, Blockovitz is an old man also. He's only four years younger. So he's not like he's a spring chicken either. Um, the champ, Jan Blankovic versus Glover Shera. Uh, Shera is what, 44? No, 43 maybe? 41, I'm sorry. I made him. He's, he's going to be 42 when fight time rolls around because tomorrow's his birthday. But, yeah, like I said, the champ is 38, so it's not like he's a spring chicken either. So, All right, Tax. He doesn't have a nickname. I'm going to call him Tax. He's 32 and 7. 18 knockouts, nine submissions. He's been knocked out himself three times, 15 to five in the UFC, including he scrapped with John Jones that he lost. He's won five straight fights, four of them via finish. He also was the Shudo champion, which I don't have to ask. You know about Shudo. Also was in WEC. WEC never die, right, Dan? That's right. That's it. Three and one WEC, probably my favorite promotion of all time. He also is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu champion. He's the more active striker of the two men, plus 220. All right, the champ, Blankovitz. Um, Who would have thought we'd say that? He's the champ. But, yes, he is the champ here. 28 and 8. Eight knockouts, nine submissions. 11 and 5 in the UFC. He's won five straight fights, nine of his last ten. He's already successfully defended his title against Israel Adesanya, which I think kind of made him legit in everybody's eyes because uh, he pretty much um Did he win five rounds to none in that fight? Um, he might have, yeah, if I remember yeah, he, correctly. He dominated, regardless. Um, three of his last five fights have he's has one via uh, a former knockout TKO or knockout. You might think he's a knockout guy, but he's really not. Only eight of his twenty-eight wins are, are knockout. Um, very good striker, but not really a heavy-handed guy. He was the KSW champ. Dan knows KSW. I don't have to ask that. Uh, he's also a Muay Thai champion and a BJJ champion. Two inches of reach over the old man Teixeira. Uh, four years younger than him, minus 290. I'm going with the champ retaining. He's going to 
Teixeira gets hit too often. He, he may not get knocked out, but he's just going to get hit too often. He's he's gonna get knocked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I like you. I like you being nice, but like Gustafson, <laughs> Gustafson pieced him up and knocked him out in a bad way. Yeah, that's true. And, and Blankovic hits about like thirty times harder than that. So yeah, like he's gonna get knocked out. His only hope really is to make sure it is not in striking range very long. Um, and I think it's it's gonna be in striking range enough for him to get hit really badly once. So yeah, I, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the champ as well, Jan Blankovic. Really, not much, not much else to say there. Um, put it, it should be a fun fight though, because um, Teixeira doesn't really—he always seems to push the action. So it, it may be, it probably will be to his detriment, but it, it'll, it'll be fun to watch, right? Even though we like the guy, um, yep. you got some props for us. You got some plus ten parlays for us, or times ten parlays for us. Yeah, so so let's start with uh, let's start with the props. I got two that I really like on this one. I like Zabir and Takugov by TKO or KO um, against Ricardo Hamosh. I think he's yeah. so much faster and he's so much stronger. And Hamosh just gets hit. Um, he's also got a lot of KOs on his record. If you go back, I, I think uh, Takugov plus four fifty uh, for the for the TKO is a oh, really, really well. good play. Um, yep. And then also, I, I'm really liking Albert Durayev by submission against Roman Kopilov. Um, you're taking a guy who's an over 300 favorite uh, and turning him to plus 125. So I think, uh, you know, like that's that's worth playing around with um, as well. Obviously, it's not as big and as juicy of a number as the two who got off one. Um, but it is, I, I think, a really good number. Um, as far as parlays go, there's a couple I really like. Um, so I, I would start by saying just take the two champs. And yes, I am still calling Piotr Jan a champ. But I'll just yeah. take Blankovic and Piotr Jan right off the bat. The two favorites. Yeah, I, Jan's a champ. So let's just let's, let's not sugarcoat <laughs> it. Um, it's, it's his fault know, that he. It's not. It like is. His, it is his fault. But I'm saying he's he's the champ. Um, okay. And then I'm going to take Tuhu Goff as well because I'm, I'm pretty confident in him. Um, and I also like uh, where was uh, Michael Shajak? Yeah, let's throw the him in there. And we'll round it all off with Demir Ismagulov. That's going to give you that uh, that ten to one that you would love. Blankovic, Jan, Tuhugov, Olashajak, and Ismagulov uh, is your your ten to one parlay. Is that what four fights or, did I, or is that's it five? five? I gave you five. Jan Jan Blankovic, yeah, um, Tuhugov, Olashajak, okay. and Ismagulov. Okay, gotcha. Not you said Jan Blankovic, which is actually one person's name. <laughs> but you meant Jan, comma, Blankovic. Jan, comma, and Blankovic, yeah. <laughs> Funny. All right. Um, that's actually not that – that's not like crazy with Parley, really, when it comes right down to it. Um, all right. Yuanu, I think it's your turn first for our locks, which – now, you know, okay, I, do you know what a lock is, right? Yeah, I got to pick the guy who's going to – I'm going to pick the guy who's going to win. Guy or gal who's going to win for sure, Dan? What pick are you most? I'll take I'll take Zabir. I'll take Zabir to Kuhugov. Okay, very good. Lock him in minus one thirty-five. I'll take Piotr Jan plus two forty, but I don't I don't care. It's a little higher than I like my lock. Minus minus two forty, not minus two forty. I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be lovely if he was plus two forty? If you can get him at plus two forty, you can do a super fan Jong uh, seventeen unit a bet on that for sure. All right, um, what's the best fight going to be? Uh, the best fight. Ooh, that's sure. a tough one. Oh, um, the the fight you're looking forward to the most, yeah, but um, the fight I'm looking forward to the most. I kind of want to see Amanda Hibosh versus uh, Vera Jandaroba. I think that's going to yes. be a really fun and weird one. I also am really excited for the debut of Benoit Saint Denis. I he's a guy I've been tracking for a little while. I think he'll be fun to watch. 
All right, we're uh, we're banking on both those people, both those fighters to win, Hebos and Saint Denis. So, all right, um, you can read all my picks and breakdowns Thursday at some point. I will post it on sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and then Friday I will post my DraftKings DFS picks. I did pick Grant Dawson last week, like Dan told me I had to, and then he didn't win. He drew in his fight, almost lost. Thank you, Dan. No problem, that. I got you. <laughs> you can read all our stuff at M- also at MMA-Manifesto.com. Um, scroll down the main page a bit, and you'll see we have a pick contest you can get in on, win some. Um, actually, it's the Engage is the sponsor for this contest, which is a apparel, MMA apparel sponsor which uh, over in Australia, which basically sponsors all, all the fighters, including Hangman Hooker and Izzy and all those guys. So they're giving away 70 bucks worth of gear of your choice. So get an honor free pick and contest over at MMA-Manifesto.com. Um, that's, I, I told you in the podcast, I've given you guys enough homework at this point. Oh, Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter, obviously. Jeff Fox writer, he's Gumby Vreeland, and get in on the Slack. We have lots of fun in the fight channel on Slack and in the food channel and NBA channel, NFL channel, all that stuff. So, um, Anything else you need to tell the people, Dan, before I take us home? No, you just take us home. All right, I'm going to take us home. I am Jeff Foe Fox, and what nickname are going to go with him? He is Dan, formerly Mr. 80% Vreeland, and we will catch you on Sunday. Bye-bye.